indeed. The 2021 NFL Draft is now just two weeks away. And we want to get you ready each Wednesday night at 7 with Draft Talk right here on the Home for Titans Football 104.5 The Zone, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans, protecting Tennesseans since 1947, online at fbhp.com. Coach Mack will take your calls on the draft and the draftees, certainly at 615-737-1045. If you're just joining us, during the month of April, Draft Talk will dive into a couple different positions each week. And tonight it's all about the tight end class and the wide receivers in this 2021 class in a couple of weeks. And Coach Mack, we already have a ton of uh, Twitter questions, so we'll get to those very shortly. But let's start with the tight end position. And when you do, Coach Mack, it's Kyle Pitts from Florida and it's everyone else. What sets Kyle Pitts apart from the other tight ends in this draft class? Well, first of all, Rhett, great to see you again here and be doing this with you. I love, absolutely love doing this during the month of April with you. Uh, the preparation that we have both made for Titans Radio Draft that we're getting ready to have from post to post, you know, when the when the draft starts, uh, I can't wait. And so I, you and I both love interacting with the fans during this time. And so uh, the format, as you said, we're going to talk about tight ends tonight and wide receivers. Your question about Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts, uh, when you and I, you and I, let's just be, let's just be fully honest here. We just reset our vertical and horizontal board this week. We repotted our draft, which means for our listeners, you know, that we were able to, to rank our players now, you know, at this time separate from the different from the time that we started when you and I started in January of ranking these guys vertically. And then as you go across horizontally, as the vertical uh, lines match up, you start seeing kind of who is potted or put in the same spot that might be relative to when your time in the draft comes up. So anyway, when we put the pods together, the the number one pod doesn't necessarily mean first round, but it's, it's the top tier players. There is one in our, first pod of tight ends, and it's Kyle Pitts, because he has separated himself clearly, both physically and production-wise, from anybody else in this draft at the tight end position. He's long. He's got speed. He's got an unbelievable uh, width of, of arm span, so his catch radius is huge. He's a really good combat catcher. When you watch tape, he's an impossible matchup downfield in, in the short to intermediate stuff against linebackers uh, in the red zone against defensive backs. When they try to double him, he can, he can be able to beat double teams. He, as I said, he's a, he's a power forward rebounder, but he's got speed and he's got pluck hands. He's got really soft hands where he can reach out and uh, you've got all his measurements there. Why don't you give our listeners his measurements because they are really impressive physically. So from the pro day, Kyle Pitts comes in at six foot five, 245 pounds, arms 33 and a half inches, hands a giant 10 and five eighths inches, broad jump just under 11 feet, 33 and a half inch vertical, 22 reps at 225 pounds on the bench, and 444 in the 40. And Mac, you said it, he's got about an 83 inch wingspan. Yeah, he has a massive hands, a massive wingspan, and, and the jumps to get there. Yeah, and so when you look at these, and and people say, well, those are just numbers. Well, they are. There are only numbers until they translate to production on the field. And when you watch him, you can see you can see every bit of that in this day and age, uh, Red. For our listeners in the National Football League, offensively, this is a perfect matchup weapon 
weapon for an offense, and it's a matchup nightmare for defenses because you can split him out. Now, it says tight end, but he's not going to line up in line as a tight end very seldom for anybody in the National Football League. He is going to be, he's going to be split out. He's going to be, he's going to be split out on the single side sometimes from, from the trips receivers as a single receiver over there to the, to the boundary. You will use him in the red zone. You will put him in motion to declare man, man zone declarations on matchups. Then you will take advantage of that. This guy, whichever offense he goes to, I, I, I am really expecting him to be somebody that defensive coaches, when they start game planning week to week for Kyle Pitts, whichever club he's with, this is a the guy they're going to have to look at and, and, and concentrate on from day one in this league. Is he the best player in this draft that is not a quarterback? Well, and that's a, that, that is, a, is, a, is an excellent point. And, and I think when you start looking at this as, as, as we've done, as we've done our draft boards and we've looked at everybody and you start talking about instant impact players, instant impact players, I think it's what you're asking me, uh, you know, because, you know, being the best player, because there's so many different types of positions in football, you know, that's a quantitative term, but uh, the, the most immediate impact player, I believe he is Rick. Does he have the, and we throw this word around potential, but potentially is he a possible generational talent? I would think so at the position because the tight end position has changed so much, Rhett, through the years in the National Football League. And, and you know, I've been doing this for a long, long time, you know, coaching and 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 just and looking at them, just knowing what, you know, I mean, I was, you know, I, I had teams that, that, that had to defend Tony Gonzalez. You know, I had, te- you know, those kind of guys that were just, that were just nightmares to have to cover, you know, to man to man. And you can, I mean, we can see we can clear go back to when Gronkowski was brand new and came into this league. You see what an impact they can have on offenses, especially the way the offenses has started to spread the field out now. But is he a generational talent? I would certainly say for this group, he is. After Kyle Pitts, it's Pat Fryermuth from Penn State. Now, Pat Fryermuth measures in at six foot five, 250 pounds, arms 32 and a half inches, and uh, he is um, right there in the next pod on our board. Uh, what do you see from Pat Fryermuth? Well, I, I see a guy. I see a guy that's a that, that, that he doesn't have overwhelming traits. The guy that we've just talked about, Kyle Pitts, Rhett, has overwhelming traits. Okay, this guy doesn't have overwhelming traits, but what he is uh, to me, he is a guy. He's athletic. He's very, very competitive. He's a tough physical football player. And what you watch him and you see him, you see him be very consistent down to down to down with the type of player that you are going to get. He's very consistent. This type of a player, when you start talking in, in, in scouting circles, the, the phrase that everybody likes to use, he's a high floor player. In other words, you pretty much know what you are getting when you get this type of player. And he, he possesses enough traits across the board that you're going to get him and be able to use him probably consistently most of the time with all of your reps on offense. He's just not an overwhelming trait guy in any one area, but he's a very consistent, solid, dependable player that has got some numbers. You can go over his numbers because he's not a small person. No, he's not. And in fact, you know, he's 6'5", 250", and has a pretty decent catch radius himself. 
He's a uh, Massachusetts native, was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, was the number one player in Massachusetts coming out the year he uh, was eligible to be in college. So, yeah, you know, that, that tells you where he's at in terms of people's radar. Yeah, and, and plus, uh, Red, he was a very, very, as I said, a very consistent and a, and a very just every – Every week, week in, week out, down in, down out, a really dependable guy. And these are the kind of guys you want. To me, he will be the second tight end taken in this draft, but I expect him to be taken uh, sometime in the second round on day two. Let's go to another young man that is uh, Brevin Jordan of University of Miami, 6'3", 247, 31-inch vertical leap, 17 reps on the bench at 225, 467 in the 40. He comes from a famous high school in Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman, famous for uh, left tackle Ronnie Stanley of the Baltimore Ravens. That's also where DeMarco Murray went to high school, uh, and he has a a nice career at the University of Miami. The medical flags are what you're going to have to check out for sure on him because he did miss seven games over his three seasons as starter at Miami, but he's probably the next tight end taken off the board. Well, what you look at him, now you're talking about a guy that's about John U. Smith's size, right? That's about John U. Smith's size. Uh, uh, and to me, he, uh, he, he needs work. And, and you, just, you just went through it. He needs detailed work, both as a blocker and a route runner. Not real polished in either one of those, in either one of those areas. But he's got the athleticism, all right? And the other thing that he has, I think he has enough catching skills, Rhett. You'll go over his numbers here in a minute. But I think this is a guy that you can use on short, uh, intermediate, transcontinental routes. And also, I think you can use him on deep routes, okay? So, to me, he's you, he'll be a move-in. He'll be a move tight-in prospect. Uh, but this is a guy, this is another second-round player, in my opinion, that's different, much different than the than Friermuth. And he's and, and as I said, nobody measures up to what Pitts is, but I like this player because you can use him, especially in a lot of in a lot of 12 personnel where you've got two tight ends and you've got a move guy that you can move around to space just because of the different layers that he can hit on his pass routes. I like this player. And in 29 games started. 30 total games played, 105 catches, 1,358 yards, 13 touchdowns for an average of 12.9 a reception. So there's, certainly there's production there. No, okay. there absolutely is. And again, as you say, you know, he's got, he's got, he's got some speed. I mean, and, and some speed for, you know, he, I think he ran four, you know, mid four sixes, which mm-hmm. is really, you know, in his pads, that's good speed for a tight end. All right, the next uh, young man is Tommy Trimble from Notre Dame. And Tommy Trimble has been reported as a virtual visit of the Tennessee Titans. Um, In your opinion, before we run down his numbers, is he maybe the best blocker in this tight end? I think he is, yes. And I think when you talk about blocking both, both, you know, on the move and especially from the removed position, when I talk about removed position, I'm talking about a tight end that can, that can move into the backfield and, and, and some of these split lead plays that you run or as a lead blocker. I absolutely think that he is, Rhett. That's a good point on him. And Tommy Tremble measures in 6'3", 241, got a 36-and-a-half-inch vertical, 20 reps at 225, 460 in the 40. He finishes his career at Notre Dame um, with a three-year career, 35 catches, 401 yards, four touchdowns, and 11-and-a-half yards per catch average. So that's a nice young man right there. And just what you said right there, Rhett, 35 catches. They didn't use their tight end a lot to throw it to. So it's a pretty underutilized skill there. But what he did – 
and, and, and you brought it up early on at the, at the, at the point of attack as a blocker, this is a very, very qualified guy. You kind of like what he do. I, to me, Rhett, and then this is, uh, you know, it's, I don't say this to be uh, detrimental to, you know, to his, his collegiate game, but I think that he, his game will blossom in the National Football League just because of the various ways that people use tight ends in this league. Uh, you, you know, the 35 catches, he didn't get a lot of chances to catch it, but it's not because he can't catch it. And I, and I like this guy because he, being that good a blocker, he's got some innate toughness to him. So this is my this was our next player that we like the best. And, and blocking, obviously, something they're not teaching at college level and, and most of these situations with tight ends. So he, he comes with added value just because of that. All right. One more I'm going to look at uh, is Hunter Long from Boston College. And young Hunter Long had uh, – he was a four-year player uh, for Boston College. 89 catches, almost 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, 14.6 per catch in this thing. And he is a big dude, 6'5", 254, got 33 and three-quarter inch arms, an 83-inch wingspan, 32 and a half inch vertical, 4'6", 5", and the 40. See, I like this guy. And, of course, Mike Vrabel's very familiar with him, you know, because he plays up there with his son Bingo. At, Boston, at, at, at Boston College. But, but you know, that being said, when you watch him on tape, you, you see a very functional athlete. You see a very functional athlete in, in all phases. He may not be a, a, just a dynamic twitched up guy, but he's a, he's a smooth. I would say that he is a smooth athlete. I like his size. I, I look at him as a possible late second round, early third round player uh, in this draft. Uh, and I would, I would like that, com- that skill combination uh, on my offense. I really would. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue to go over a couple more um, tight ends because there's one we've gotten as a Twitter question. But we want you, if you want to call and talk to Coach Dave McGinnis and ask your questions about the draft, Titans specific, whatever it is, 615-737-1045. We will continue to talk tight ends and wide receivers as you listen to Draft Talk all ahead on 104.5 The Zone. Bureau Health Plans on 104.5 The Zone. A health care plan from Farm Bureau Health Plans for folks who are busy planning other things because they provide coverage you can count on. Farm Bureau Health Plans plan on us. The 2021 NFL Draft now just two weeks away. Titans Radio will be set to bring it to you. Round one coverage begins Thursday night, April 29th at 6. As the uh, first round gets underway, we'll give you gavel-to-gavel coverage. Uh, including an hour leading up to the first pick at 7 o'clock. Then on Friday night, the 30th, we bring you pick-by-pick coverage of rounds two and three. And we've got some people on the phone. We'll get to them in just a second. You can call in uh, here in just a minute at 615-737-1045 for Coach Mack. All right, I'm going to finish up uh, the tight ends part of it for us. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Yaboa from Ole Miss is another guy I like in the later rounds in this. He's a Philadelphia native. He uh, committed to Temple, played at Temple, and then his eligibility was up and he transfers to Ole Miss. He didn't do it with a whole lot of fanfare, didn't have a great a lot of numbers, and then had a great year with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. He's 6'3 and 7 eighths inches, 250 pounds, has an 80 uh, and three-quarter inch wingspan, arms are 33 and a quarter, hands nine and three-eighths, a 34-inch vertical leap. This is a guy that I like. I think he's probably a little more on the developmental side, but he's he's an athlete there. 
No, I read. I really like it. And this is what our listeners will get. And this is what you'll get on draft night. I mean, Rhett has done a great job. Uh, you know, when he and I team up, he goes, he digs deep into the details on these players and their backgrounds. And that, that's great information there. But when you, when you start to watch him on tape, you can tell that he's a very raw player. He's very raw, but that athletic ability that you talk about, you can see, I can see this as being an early third day guy, uh, you know, that, that, that people will, that people will look at and really uh, Rhett, what happens in the draft. And you know, this after having done it several years, you know, uh, with me and, and all the years that I've done it, you, you really, you really used to reset, you know, after the first day, but the first, the, in, in the old way you used to draft, it was, it was rounds one, two, and three in the first day, if you'll remember correctly. All right. And That's then right. you would reset for the fourth round, because then you'd had you'd had nearly 90 players taken and you'd reset your board. Well, now you're going to reset after day two. OK, you will re, you'll reset your board after day two. And once you do that, this is the type of player that I think you will see people start moving up, because now what you're doing on that third day in the fourth round, you're going to start drafting traits. You're not necessarily drafting finished production. You're drafting traits. And Yaboa is a great example of one of those guys, Red. Here's a question on Twitter, and this is left over from Blaine and Mickey's show earlier this afternoon when I did a hit with those guys. And they were asking, this person's asking about an FCS All-American tight end at Jacksonville State named Trey Berry. Trey Berry, 6'7", 245. Uh, played in a handful of games before he had a knee injury. Uh, had uh, about 25 or 30 catches, 330 yards, and I think uh, a couple touchdowns. Uh, he's asking if uh, whether we know if the Titans have interacted with him. I don't have him on a virtual visit list, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's somebody maybe they looked at and maybe that's somebody that they talk about as, uh, you know, a late day three or or certainly undrafted free agent, uh, you know, to, to fill out that stuff because that, that battle happens real soon. Uh, in day three as you keep working those phones, as you've always mentioned, you want to get those undrafteds in there. Yeah, and, and I think you've hit this guy just right, Rhett, and you're, you're, you're right. I mean, there's several stages that you go through during a draft weekend, but after, the, after the, the seventh round starts, it gets to be the wild, wild west because then you start you know, seeing and calling players and saying, if, if, if you don't get drafted or if we can't take you, we'd love to have you a free agent because then it's wide open. Once the draft's over, those guys that don't get drafted that still have traits that you would like to bring in and try to develop, it becomes the wild west. And, and what the league has done used to be there was no limit on how much you could spend on these players. But now there's a limit. You know, everybody's got the same limit as far as money that you can spend towards these players. But it's still it's a pretty wide open recruiting thing. And the phones are burning up uh, that night. Believe me, I've been involved in a, in a lot of that. <laughs> it's, uh, but I think this guy kind of fits that mold, Rip. And our phones are burning up at 615-737-1045. Let's go to Kenston in Memphis, wants to talk tight ends, prospects. Kenston, it is good to finally hear your voice. This this person asks us questions on Twitter all the time about draft prospects. You're on with Coach Dave McGinnis on Draft Talk. Go ahead, Kenston. First of all, thank you for always answering my questions. Uh, Coach Mack, first time, long time. I just want to say, man, thank you so much for what you do. Uh, I've learned so much about the draft from you guys. Uh, I've taken my football knowledge and love for the game to another level. Um, Thank you. That's very kind of you to say that. And that's exactly why Rhett and I love doing this this time of year. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, my question specifically is for the tight ends this evening. Tommy Trimble, uh, I'm very intrigued by him. His, he's a devastating blocker. 
Do you see him as somebody that could be maybe versatile enough to maybe play fullback as he kind of learns the tight end uh, position, or is it best for him to stick to tight end and learn it as quickly as possible? I think the comments out there. Thanks, guys. Jason, that's a, that's a very relevant and, and a very good football question. And I think the answer to your question, your both of your questions, are is yes. Because he can block like he can, and as I said in the first segment, he can block from a removed position and removed in the backfield. A lot of the things people do now, especially with 12 personnel, is when, is, you know, you've, you've, sometimes you've got what we call a base tight end and a move tight end. And when that tight end can move into the backfield and either work into an eye formation or an eye over, which is to the, the remaining tight end side or the eye under, away from the tight end side, and then run split zone, run, run the power game where you're the second man through swabbing a hold on a power following a pulling guard or or just running a lead a lead back there in front of an eye back he absolutely could do that and I think you've got him pegged very well as Rhett and I talked about him in the earlier segment I think that is one of his that is his dominant trait is his ability to sustain blocks to identify targets and to stay with his target Uh, so he very much can do that and I think we will see him do that and that's a great question Kingston thank you and uh, Kinston, I'm telling you, uh, this first time I've talked to him, but he is constantly asking questions on Twitter, and Kinston knows his ball. Yeah, just evidence right there by that call. Thanks for calling us. Good to put the the uh, voice with, with who I see on Twitter there. Let's go back to the phones at 615-737-1045. Smokey Ben. Smokey Ben, you're on with Coach Dave McGinnis on Draft Talk here on 104.5 The Zone. Go ahead. Hey, I appreciate it, fellas, and it's an honor to talk to you, Coach. You're my favorite segment on the radio. I've been a mock draft dork for about 20 years now. Uh, What I want to talk about is Davin Collins, the do-it-all linebacker out of Tulsa, and I know he's not the pass-rushing presence that we all want and need as Titans, but he is a guy that can play any linebacker spot, and I was thinking about maybe him starting out as a Sam or the left outside linebacker in a 3-4, and next year when the decision comes on to keep Evans or not, Simon Collins is definitely a guy that could take over the role at the Mike position for the future of the team. Just want to get your thoughts on that, Coach, and I appreciate it. Smokey Ben, thank you. Thank you. First of all, I love the handle. Uh, Smokey Ben, and 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 thank and the question is a very it's a very pointed question, and it's an excellent football question. It really is. This, and I will tell you this, this is one of my favorite players to 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 vet in this draft. I really enjoyed watching him down there at Tulsa because what you see, he come uh, he comes from a real small town in the northern part of Oklahoma called Hominy, Oklahoma. I think there's about twelve people in the town. There's about eleven when he leaves. I mean, but but you see what you see is a tremendous athlete. And and they used him at Tulsa in so many different areas on their defense. He was lined outside. He was an overhang guy. He lined up behind the ball. He lined up out on the slot and he made plays in space. He made plays uh, being able to, to, to affect the run. He was able to rush the passer. I like I like his size. I like his athletic movement, and this is a really, really moldable piece of clay for somebody in the National Football League. In my humble opinion, he will be a first-round pick. 
because of his athleticism and the things that he can do. I can see him either fitting, like you said, Smokey Ben, in a 3-4 as an outside guy. I can see him being even in a even in a even in a 4-3 defense as a Sam linebacker that may play behind the ball or that, that may move up on the ball in an under defense. I mean, I like him. I think this is a very, very versatile player. As I said, I'm not surprised when he is going to go in the first round, he will fit into any scheme that you want to run. And, and I really had a lot of fun vetting and watching this player prior to the draft. And this little town of Hominy, Oklahoma is famous for other parts of football lore because it is a native American uh, reservation style town. And back in the twenties, the first all native American football team, was formed in Hominy, Oklahoma, and they went on an exhibition game and beat the 1927 New York football Giants, who had just won the world championship. It is noted in the record books. Hey, guys, this is the only type of information that you can <laughs> get on Draft Talk for, with Rhett Bryant and Coach Max. See, that's what Rhett brings – to, to our draft, to our draft room and our draft work that Rhett and I have been doing together now for five years, he has perfected the art of being able to find the unfindable. That's an awesome stat, Rhett. All right, here's a question from Twitter Coach Mac from uh, our our fan Dave Betlack, who's a big Titans fan. Ask great, great questions always. It says with so many options at wide receiver and so few at tight end, it seems like the third round is the sweet spot for getting either Trimble, Jordan, or Long. But if Carolina doesn't take Fryermuth at 39, he should be there at 53. He might be the perfect pick at a huge position need. Your thoughts? Dave, I, I think I, I like the way you're thinking, and I think you're exactly right. Any of those first four guys, I think, that Rhett and I mentioned to, today in our first segment, any of those guys would fit what the Titans do you know, in some form or fashion, you know, because you know, take Kyle Pitts out of it. He's out of it. Okay. The next four after that, I think very well fit into anything that the Titans want to do with their tight ends. And the Titans have already proven with Arthur Smith, uh, you know, how he ran his, how he ran him, how he ran the offense. Todd Downing is a very accomplished tight end coach. He will also utilize tight ends. I think you are, you're exactly right that anybody that is left, and then what you're looking at is where they are in the draft, what the value is, but as far as a contributor to what the Tennessee Titans, I believe are still going to want to continue to do with their tight ends and their offense. I think your thinking is spot on. We have some very, very smart uh, listeners uh, to 104.5 The Zone and certainly to Titans Radio. Um, I've got another question here from Evan Harris, and he says, ask Coach Mack about Zach Davidson. He is a uh, he's from central Missouri, and he is 6'6", 245, 4'6", 240, 32-inch arms, 9.5-inch hands, wingspan 76 and change. Um, I haven't done any betting on that young man because he is one of those guys that's kind of down, down the pipe there. Um, but that's just what I read on him on the tail of the tape. Okay, well, you know, when you're, when you're talking about a player like that from a smaller school that has some unusual traits, and what you're looking at with players like this, if they have, if they have some outstanding traits, they don't have to have every trait, but they have to have an outstanding trait. You said 6'7", Rhett, and what would you say his reach was? 
his he's got a shorter wingspan. It's it's about seventy eight inches. So. Okay, so uh, you're talking about a six a six seven player, and clearly what you would want to see he was he I, I I'm I'm pretty most normally those players like that they stand out against the smaller school competition. Then what you would like to see if you bring some of those traits into your camp, whether you bring them in as a seventh round pick or you bring them in as a free agent, then you are trying to develop that trait and see how quickly they can get up to speed. And as I said, that's why I asked Red about the reach, because, you know, you can have great height, but sometimes you don't quite have the reach, but you don't have to have everything if you could learn to come in and fill a role, fill a role. But someone that tall, and especially now with the tight end position being a split out position, you can get your mismatches that you want. And so it'd be very interesting to see if this guy gets into a camp what somebody tries to develop with him. All right, Coach Mack, uh, let's do this as we continue uh, in your listening to Draft Talk here on 104.5 Zone presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. We've got about 30 minutes left. Let's switch gears and let's go to the wide receiver class. And I wanted to start that here just because there are so doggone many of them we could talk about. And I'm sure we'll have some questions come down the line here uh, before we get done. Uh, it, it is, again, a very deep receiver class. And the top of that class is Jamar Chase from LSU. Six foot one, 208 pounds, 41-inch vertical leap, 11-foot broad jump, 4-3-4 in the 40, put up historic numbers in 2019 at LSU when they went on their national championship run, then opted out for 2020 due to the pandemic. What do you see from Jamar Chase? Well, this, to me, is the most complete receiver in this draft. And, and, you know, we talk about traits, but that's what you talk about when you talk about the draft. He's got explosion. He's got speed. He's got good combat catchability. He's very he's a good nuanced route runner. He understands how to work the middle of the field. He can make the combat catch. Uh, you know, this guy has got the, the entire route tree that he's able to run. As I said, this is the number one receiver in this draft to me, and I expect him to go you know, within the top 10, Rhett. Uh, I really like the player. I'm not going to hold the opt-out against him because, you know, with the COVID year, we've got several of these players now that have opted out. We've got several players that had truncated seasons, you know, playing six or seven games. And so it's just a different time in the evaluation. But when you look at this guy and you watch him, what he did in 2019, and then you, you, you see that those traits still are able to come through in his workouts. This, to me, is the most complete receiver in this draft. To, to your point about the opt-outs, because you're going to hear that a lot uh, in the next couple of weeks, and certainly during our, um, our Titans radio production of, of the uh, 2021 NFL draft. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll give you an exact uh, example of this. Kenneth Gainwell, when we talked about him last week, the running back out of Memphis who opted out – uh, due to uh, COVID, he was considered at a high risk. He had four family members die of the virus. And so I, I would never hold that against anybody for making a decision, not only for their own health, but their health of their family, friends, loved ones, et cetera. And so when you hear us say that, that's just, just kind of keep those things in mind. It's not just because they just decided to skip on out and, and start working out for the draft. It's just a pandemic got in the way and changed things like it's changed a million other things in a year and change. Okay. Now, uh, the next two on the board, it's the two wide receivers from Alabama. It's Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, the 2020 Heisman Trophy winner. Those young men, obviously Jalen Waddle injured on a, I think a kick or a punt return against the University of Tennessee in October. 
and, and tried to come back and play in the national championship game, but wasn't effective because, you know, hadn't been healed up. But Devontae Smith, we know what he does. Um, he's a just a fearless little wiry guy who goes and gets it and makes it – he just makes it look easy, especially on those sideline catches, using the boundary as, as his friend. Well, both of these, both of these are first-round uh, wide receivers in a very deep wide receiver draft, but they're both distinctly different receivers, Red. Both distinctly different. Let's just take them, not in any necessarily certain order, because it's going to be whatever flavor you like. But Jalen Waddle is extremely explosive. You talk about a fast twitch, quick guy, make you miss, an excellent returner, uh, you know, compact. Uh, as I said, very explosive, you know, is a lot like the Tyreek Hill, you know, that, that it's going to be hard to catch him when he gets in the open space, can make people miss. Uh, you, will, you can use him in a number of different ways. Uh, but he, as you said, he had the ankle injury. He tried to come back and play in the national championship game. But his his uh, ability to start, stop, do all of those things, instant quickness, jump cutter, and then uh, be able to instantly accelerate. This guy's the number one pick, and somebody, he's going to make somebody a really exciting player. The next guy, Devonta Smith, you know, Devonta Smith really, Rhett, wasn't even a starter you know, to, to, to begin with, but what he, he is smooth. He's as silky smooth as any receiver you'd want. He has, he is reliable. He was the guy down the stretch. That was the guy. Anytime they needed a play, Mac Jones needed somebody to make a play. This was the guy he went to very soft hands, very nuanced receiver, even with his slight frame, he's still able to make yards after the catch. Uh, he's he he reminds me a lot and, and I'm going to be dating myself some. But, uh, you know, for some of our listeners that know the history of the National Football League, if you remember what kind of silky smooth receiver Gene Washington was when he was in the National Football League. This guy reminds me, reminds me a lot of that. In other words, makes it all look so, so easy. Uh, don't even don't get fooled by the lack of body weight. He's been that size you know, ever since he started playing. Uh, he will be able to play in this league. You can look around the league. Uh, at, at receivers that, that that don't have a lot of bulk to them, but really, especially in this day and age with the way the game is spread out, I like this receiver a lot, but I like him because he's consistent. And then he's got some explosive ability to him. He doesn't have, I don't think, he doesn't have the straightaway speed that Waddle does, but anytime you watch him on tape, he's always running away from people when he catches the ball. When you're talking about a, a young man of his stature, which is, he's a small guy, um, and, and I think about prolific receivers in the NFL that are that size and frame. I think of Marvin Harrison. He's, sure. he's the first person I think of when I think of Devontae Smith, because uh, that's a little guy that got it done. And certainly with, you know, Peyton Manning and, and all of what they did in, in Indianapolis. All right. Another guy that we like, and it's the, the next guy down in this. And, and we're talking about all right now, wide receivers here on Draft Talk on 104.5 The Zone of guys that you're going to hear on Thursday night in two weeks. They're going to be first-rounders. Terrace Marshall, Jr., LSU, 6'2", 205. Um, he has a, a lineage of his own. His great-uncle was the late, great Joe Delaney. He was a second-round running back in the 81 draft. He was the 81 rookie of the year for the Kansas City Chiefs. He died in June of 83 while attempting to rescue three children from drowning in a pond. It was a very highly... Uh, told story it was widely known it was a national story um and so he's got you know a little bit of a bloodline in there but certainly we remember joe delaney from the early 80s but this is a young man who uh who really 
uh, has some nice skills in this. Seven games he played in, 48 uh, in 2020, 48 catches, 731 yards, 15 yards a catch, 10 touchdowns uh, in 2020 for the Bayou Bengals. And has 15 yards per catch in his career, 23 career touchdowns. And that, that's a nice young man in terms of frame and size. Yeah, and, and again, you know, give some of his physical numbers after I get through with my evaluation here, Rhett, and everybody will see. And the thing to remember, too, about these Southeastern Conference players, when Rhett gives you these stats on 2020, this was all against Southeastern Conference competition because the SEC played an SEC schedule this year. And so this guy showed up constantly on tape. He's a physical receiver. He's a good at the point receiver. Uh, he's a guy that you can line up, I think, in several spots. He could be a big slot you know, he's a guy that could line up at the X or the Z receiver. Uh, I, I, I like his total game. I mean, it, it, it's not going to be an overwhelming speed player, but it's going to be a player that is going to be able to run the entire route tree. I like this football player. And Rhett, to me, he's right on the cusp of being a first or, or an early second round guy, uh, uh, you know, late first, early second round guy. That's the way kind of that I, I, I have placed him. And I think you and I both placed him kind of like that in our pods when we redid it. 6'2", 205, 32-3-quarter-inch arms, hands 9.5, wingspan 78 and 1 8 uh, 4'4", 40, 10.5-foot uh, broad jump, 19 reps at 225 on the bench press, 39-inch vertical. And so see, there's, there's the space right there. We keep talking about vertical, and I want our listeners to know this. That's why, they, that's why they're listening to this, to get some inside information on how the draft works. Anytime you talk about broad jump and vertical jump, what you're looking at is explosiveness. That's what you're looking at, the quick twitch, explosive ability of people to do that. I can go all the way back, Rhett, as to when I used to, when I was in college, I would recruit a lot of inner city schools across the nation. And a lot of these inner city schools that I would go into, they had athletes, they didn't have game film. They wouldn't have game film. So I'd either have to go to a live basketball game, go to a track meet. But the one thing I would do, I would carry a carpenter ruler with me and take them in the gymnasium and chalk their hands up and get a vertical on them. And if I had a guy that could go 35 or 36 inches in high school or 34, or 35, then at least I knew this. I had some athletic twitch, you know, and I had, and I had some uh, an athlete, you know, that, that, could, that could elevate. And with that elevation, you know, comes quick start, stop. And it, and it, and it also has the ability to change directions. And so to me, uh, when you hear these numbers, I want people to understand what these numbers relate to when you're looking at traits on players. When we continue the final segment of Draft Talk presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans, we will continue to talk tight ends. We'll still take your questions if you want to call us at 615-737-1045. Tonight, it's tight tight ends and wide receivers. It's Draft Talk here on 104.5 The Zone. Thanks for listening to Draft Talk presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans right here on 104.5 The Zone. Need great health care coverage at an affordable price? Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. With Coach Dave McGinnis, I'm Brett Bryan from Titans Radio, and we tonight on Draft Talk are discussing tight ends and wide receivers in the upcoming draft in a couple of weeks. Let's go back to the phone, 615-737-1045, and let's talk to Evan in Pelham. Evan, you're on with Coach Dave McGinnis. Go ahead. Evan, are you there? Okay. Let's uh, 
I don't, I don't know what's going on with Evan. <laughs> um, let's continue with the tight, uh, the wide receiver talk in this part of this thing. So we were talking about Terrace Marshall Jr. The next guys in this group is Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, Kadarius Tony out of Florida. These are names that are being linked to mock drafts that the Titans might take in it, the 22nd pick overall. But uh, let's ask you this. How many wideouts do you have going in the first round potentially? I think there's potential of six, Rip. I've got, I've got six that I think could potentially go. You know, of course, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, and then we get into potentials. That's three. Kadarius Tony and Rashad Bateman we talked about right, you know, right there. And then Terrace Marshall, to me, rounds it out because he's a guy that's big enough that he might be able to jump some guys. So I think five for sure, uh, possibly six. All right, here's uh, – let's go to some Twitter questions here. We've got uh, a uh, 24-7 sports tweeted, does Coach Mack have a comp? For Elijah Moore and Kadarius Tony, in his opinion, who would be a better uh, better fit for the Titans? Well, I, I think uh, for twenty four seven, I think they both fit. Now they're both different, you know. I think they they would both fit. And why don't we for this to answer this question, Rhett, Why don't you give Why don't you give the, the the physical stuff on Tony and give the physicals on on Bateman the things that you've put together that we've talked about when we potted these guys, and then we'll talk about the difference for twenty four seven. Sure, absolutely. All right. Kadarius Tony, 5'11, 193, 31 and a quarter inch uh, arms, hands nine and a quarter, wings 74 and uh, three quarters, timed 43740, has a 39 and a half inch vertical leap, an 11 foot four inch broad jump. Okay, There's so, some numbers. And a three-cone drill of 6.88 seconds. Yeah, and the three-cone drill. Let's talk about three-cone a little to answer this question. People say, well, Matt, what does a three-cone mean? First of all, the, the very renowned and, uh, and, and late great uh, C.O. Bricado, for the, the, the scout for the Oilers and the Titans, he invented the three-cone drill. And what the three-cone drill does is tell you, because the game of football is a game of short area quick movements. Okay, and in the skill positions, it's how quickly you can move in a short area, change direction. That's what it was designed to at least get a standard to check against. Anytime, anytime you can find somebody that can do it under seven seconds, regardless of position, and then by position, of course, the numbers go down. It, it's extremely important. This guy has got all the athletic ability in the world. What I like about him, Rhett, he can be a slot receiver, but he could also play outside. I think you can do a lot of things with him. This, to me, is a beautiful move guy. Right here, Kadarius Tony, being able to move him, match him up on the move. Those those TRCs that you hear me talk about on on Titans Radio broadcast during game days with Mike Keith all the time, where you start in a in a cut split, move across the formation, be able to to get it, it takes it takes speed to be able to get across the formation on a TRC to get to get dick to the catch point, be able to outrun the second and third levels that are always chasing you at that point. This guy I really like for these reasons. Kadarius Tony, you saw him make a lot of big plays at Florida, uh, but his numbers match up to what you see on film. I'm going to tell you something else I like about Kadarius Tony: Trickeration. Tricks and mischief, as we say. Uh, because he, this Mobile, Alabama native was a quarterback in high school and was actually recruited to Florida as a Wildcat quarterback and uh, has seen some action in that early on in his career. I like that part of his game, too. 
Well, and to me, for, for a creative offensive coordinator, why wouldn't you like that? All right, let's All right, go, go to Sean Bateman. Let's hear it. Let's get, get, give our listeners and give 24-7 his numbers. All right, now he was asking about Elijah Moore. Is what oh, Elijah, well, okay, about. I thought he said yeah. Rashad Bateman. Well, I mentioned Rashad Bateman in this next group of receivers. Okay, Elijah, Elijah Moore. Oh, here with Elijah Moore. Yeah, and, of course, that's A.J. Brown's teammate there at Ole Miss. 5'9", 178. He went to the famous St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale. It's turned out a million NFL players. 30-inch, uh, 30-inch and 1-8-inch uh, uh, arm. 30 and 1-8-inch arms. I'll get it right in a second. Hands, 9 3 8 Wing, 71 inches. 4-3-5-40. 36-inch vertical leap. 10-foot, 1-inch broad jump. Three-cone drill, 6.67 seconds, 17 reps at 225 on the bench. Yeah, I really like this player, too, and for all those, all those reasons that you say. You've got quick, in-space dudes that can separate underneath. He can do a lot of things. I think he's a strong player. I like, I like what he does. He's also very reliable. I mean, he's a reliable player. You can see the hand-eye coordination is tremendous. Uh, a decent snatch catcher, both of these guys are. And what you see, I mean, I've seen Kadarius Tony make a lot of these circus catches. You know, what you what you see out of Elijah Moore is 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 more of the the in the middle, the reliable catch. I think both of those guys would fit what the Titans do. And I think both of those guys would fit very well in either a two or a three receiver set. And to me, they will be they will be uh, uh, really close. To, to, to first round and possibly, you know, high second round players. Because let me just say this about receivers too. When we talk about first round, second round, there's not such a great distinction just because of this, Rhett. Once the run starts on these wide receivers, they're going to go quick. They're going to go very quickly because, but it's a deep class of wide receivers, but these two guys bring pretty much similar skill sets and so if you if that's what you're focused in on on the draft, this is for 24-7's question, then you're going to be very happy with either one of these guys. And the thing I like about Elijah Moore, and you, you heard it there with the 17 reps at 225 for a smaller guy, is like his teammate A.J. Brown, who is the star receiver for the Titans, he has run after a catch abilities. He takes, he's like a running back after he possesses the ball and moves it downfield like an AJ. He's just a small version of that. And that's why I say you've got a physical player there that may be shorter, but he's still a very physical player. And that's a great point. All right. So we talked about once those receivers start coming off the board, I feel like there'll be waves of that, certainly in the first round and in the second round. But you know, we've got guys that are graded all throughout this thing. I like looking at some of the later uh, round picks and some of the, the interesting stories. I'm going to give you one that I like for a late day two, probably day three selection in Jalen Darden. Jalen Darden of North Texas, the mean green. He's an interesting name. The young man has a chance to be the first mean green player in North Texas to be drafted in over 15 years. He had scouts from 29 teams show up to his pro day recently. His father died about a year ago, and he says he's played with a chip on his shoulder ever since. He only stands at five foot seven, 175 pounds. He posted a 6.66 second three cone drill, a 4.07 second short shuttle, 
of 44640. He benched 225 11 times at 5'7, 175, and he's got a 35 and a half inch vertical leap. He rewrote the North Texas record book as a senior. He had 74 catches, 1,190 yards, and 19 touchdowns in only nine games before he declared for the draft. And also, Mac, he has two years of punt return experience. And yes, he has speed there, including a punt return for 81 yards and a score. He's a very exciting player to watch on tape. Uh, North Texas, you know, years ago, built a brand new stadium there. Of course, I had on my coaching staff for eight years, the greatest uh, North Texas State mean green player ever, Joe Green. So I know he's very, very proud of this kid. Joe's back living in Denton now. So I know he's watched this kid play. Anyway, very exciting player to watch. To me, Rhett, this is a the, 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 the ceiling for him as far as draft round, the pod where you and I have him is anywhere from the fifth to the sixth round. That's about where I think uh, uh, you would see him taken. He would, you'd have to have a specific role when you take this guy, you've just described his role, what he would be, what he could do. I think his return ability adds a whole lot to, to his value to a, to a team, but as a slot receiver, as a gadget player, and as a guy you'd like to get the ball in his hands, I mean, when you watch him on tape, I mean, and again, it's playing at North Texas, but it, speed is speed. I mean, you can't manufacture that. And plus, he's got the explosiveness. I think you're looking at a, at a fifth round guy, sixth round guy that someone's going to take a shot at because they're going to have a specific role for him. Do you have a day three wide receiver that you are interested in? I like uh, two of them, Dwayne Eskridge or Tutu Atwell. Dwayne Eskridge, you know, uh, uh, to, to me from, from – this is a day three guy from, right. from, West, from Western Michigan. You know, I like him. I like Tutu Atwell from Louisville, you know, as a day three guy. A day two guy, you know, you asked me about Rondell Moore from Purdue. It's very interesting to me if, if, if the physical aspect of it comes out, comes out for him. And there's a kid at North Carolina that I like, uh, Rhett, the more that I like him, a kid named Dewani Brown. Dewani Brown, okay, when you look at him from North Carolina, second or third round guy, he's a junior. Uh, he's a little over six foot tall, 189 pounds, but he's a 4'4 guy. All right. And he, he's got some nice nuances as a receiver. So when the, the run and when we talk about the run on positions for our listeners, you're going to see in the draft, it always happens. And, and, and coaches and scouts look for this in draft rooms. Once a run on a position starts, that's when you'll see the phone start ringing for people wanting to trade. If they've got a guy, they really want to trade up when the runs start on these people. So, when you're watching the draft, look for the runs on positions. And once you see the run starting, then you can start to anticipate the phones ringing for trades. Yeah, Chaterius Tutu Atwell, former high school quarterback, Miami, Florida guy, played at Louisville. Fast, small guy. Cade Johnson from South Dakota State's another guy you're going to hear about that's, that's uh, 5'10", 184 pounds, who does all kinds of crazy things in those numbers like Jalen Darden. But, hey, I want to thank everybody tonight for their phone calls and Twitter questions on this edition of Draft Talk presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Next week, we take a look at the big men, the offensive linemen, the interior defensive linemen. It's all ahead. Thanks for Ryan Albanese for running the board tonight. You're listening to Draft Talk on 104.5 The Zone.